When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of Eagle Eyed View and uh, our podcast for Crystal Palace. I'm joined by Robert Warlow, who is the Crystal Palace digital reporter. Hi, Rob. Hi, Clive. And Phil Spencer, who covers QPR for us. Hello, Clive. So, another um, game at the weekend, Rob. Another defeat for Crystal Palace, and uh, although they played well, pointless again. Yeah, it's you know it's almost the same old story. The positive performance, but. Still no points, and really in the position they're in, they they need points. That's the the be all and end all now for them. You know, it's got to this stage. They're, they're eleven games in. They've still only got four points, and it's all you know. It's becoming harder and harder every week when they then they lose games. That's what Roy Hodgson said himself after the defeat at Wembley. I mean, there were positives. They they did play reasonably well. You know, they, on another day they could have even nicked the game. You know, won it, won it. Uh, they had chances before um, Son's goal for Tottenham. Wilfred Zaha had a great chance. Uh, Mamadou Sakho in the first half. Scott Dan had a header saved by Paolo Gazzaniga. So you know they had their chances, and they 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 certainly weren't you know blown up, blown away by Tottenham. Tottenham I didn't think were brilliant on the day. They took their chance when it came, and obviously held out for the, for the win. And I suppose after the the high of midweek against Real Madrid. Mm. I saw a few of the pundits saying that you know it was never going to be no. a, that positive again. It, it probably was going to be a bit of a flat performance, and it did feel a bit flat, to be honest, on on Sunday from from a Spurs perspective. In that uh, respect, was it a good time for Palace to play them, perhaps? Possibly, yeah, possibly. I think that they, with you know Spurs having a few players out injured, mm. you did you looked at the team sheet and you thought, well, actually, yeah, Palace have got a chance here. You know, there was no Dali Ali, there was no Hugo Lloris, no Toby Alderweireld. You know, there was a few, and Harry Kane, yes, was back, but. Was he fully fit? Was he fully fit? I don't know. He didn't have his best game on on Sunday, and perhaps it was a good time for Palace to play Tottenham. But unfortunately, they still found a goalkeeper who you know had a good game and a goalkeeper on his debut for for Tottenham. I think a lot of Tottenham fans were probably a little wondering like, who's this guy? You know, in goal and what what's he going to be like? But actually, he saved them on more than one occasion. Mm. Um, for Palace, it's a bit unfortunate. You know, last week it was Joe Hart having a blinder in goal for West Ham. And probably denying them all three points. This week, Paolo Gazzaniga had, had a good game in golf. You know, he was man of the match for Tottenham. So the old adage, um, if you're down there, you don't have the luck go with you. Perhaps you can see that with the goalkeeping performances in the last couple of games. Yeah, you could. I mean, the, I suppose there is that argument. You know, on the flip side, you make your own luck. Mm. But I think Palace, there is a case for them to say they've been playing well enough to get something from these games. They just haven't had quite the rub of the green. You know, I mean. I think back to the game at Newcastle a couple of weeks ago where they were dogged, you know, pretty organised, pretty well drilled in the game. It looked like it had nil-nil written all over it. It wasn't a great game, but 
somehow it was just one of those moments when you know James MacArthur got up to try and head the ball, headed it onto the head of Mikel Marino, and it went rebounded off over mm. Speroni in the goal. And you just think, well, that's just another thing going against them. You know, it, it does seem to be that same old story for Palace at the moment, and you do feel sorry for them because it's not like they're playing badly. You know, if you if you were to look at the table without watching any of their games, and you saw four points from eleven from eleven games, you'd be thinking, God, they must be poor. But actually, they're not playing that badly. In, in reality, they they should be on ten or twelve points at the moment. You know, there are games. You know, Man City, Man United apart, they got you know, well beaten at those places. But they're not going to be the first. They're not going to be the last team to do that this season. So that those two, you can kind of take out the equation. But other games: Liverpool away, Burnley away, Newcastle away, Tottenham away. All four of those, they could easily have taken a point or all three mm. on you know from various different ones of those they they should be on more points than they are and yes they are in the position they're in but it's got to change soon you know they've got to start picking up points because otherwise it becomes a really tall order even if they win one game which they have done you get that lift from that game don't you but then if you don't follow it up with a, a win or two after that you know you're back to square one again because the other teams are picking up points yeah it's tricky I mean when they had the, when they did actually have the win, it was unexpected. No one, mm. no one thought they were going to go and beat Chelsea at home. Uh, you know, I think most people would have written it off by the time that they they'd been to Man City, they'd been to Man United, and they were like, "Oh, Chelsea up next, right? It'd be eight games without a win, then eight, eight games without a point." And for them to go and surprise Chelsea as they did, I think yeah, you did want them to try and go and back it up. And although you know they were, as I said, unfortunate against Newcastle, they got a point against West Ham, and that felt. With, with with it being such a late goal, that did feel like oh that could be a turning point for them. You know that that's that's the moment they kick start again, and then it's you know brought back down to earth a little bit on Sunday when it's not I say not a poor performance but a poor result in the end, coming away with another defeat. You know you just you just think well it's got to change at some point, and you really hope so. I think I think it's difficult because um, obviously the two all against West Ham. You're saying that. You wanted that to be a turning point, and that, that could still be the case. I mean, no, no one's really expecting Crystal Palace to go and, and get a result away at Tottenham. So um, I think the weekend that that's something of a free swing, and the fact that they put in such a good performance there, that's um, that can only be a positive. But then looking at the uh, the fixtures that they've got coming up, they're uh, they're a lot more winnable. The games that they've got coming up. I mean, the next game for for Crystal Palace after the international break is Everton. Obviously, they're they're going to have a, a new manager in place by then. So. Um, Bit of an unknown. You don't know what's going to be coming from from Everton, but then after that, you've got you've got Stoke, Brighton, West Brom, Bournemouth. All games that arguably are winnable, and so if you can get a couple of results out of those, the, the picture changes quite significantly. Yeah, I, th- I think to be honest, this run of the next eight games, I think it is before Christmas, really will define Palace's season because if they can pick up the points that they on paper you feel should get, then yeah, they all of a sudden things start to look brighter, and then they they can start looking up, you know, and, and who who can we catch? Whereas at the moment, they're six points from safety and every defeat that they have, it, that, that safety mark is being pushed out a little bit further away from them and you just think, well actually, if you're now two wins away from it, if it becomes three or four, or four or five, all of a sudden it's, well, we're a long way away from getting out of it. You know, now, At the moment, two wins is not disastrous, they could do that and get out, but yeah, it's, it's, you can't let it go on for too much longer. Probably you've got the likes of those clubs then looking at Palace saying, right, we mustn't lose this game. Mm. It makes it even harder for Palace to win. The likes of Stoke City aren't going to maybe go out and win. If they've got a buffer of five, six points, they'll want to maintain that buffer. So that makes it even harder for Palace to go out and 
and try and uh, win the game. They will, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think <clears throat> it feels right that, you know, no one probably would have expected them to go win at Tottenham. So it, it was almost a case of a free hit. But because Tottenham had those injury problems and, you know, you thought there might be a, a sneaky chance, you know, of getting something. And, and the way they played, they certainly deserved something from the game. You know, I don't think many, even Tottenham fans, would argue that it wasn't an even game. You know, I mean, Tottenham weren't dominating for, for 90 minutes, not by any stretch of the imagination. And so uh, there are the positives in that, you know, for Palace, because you say, right, well, we can compete against the likes of Tottenham. You know, we've done it against Liverpool, we've beaten Chelsea. But it's all right doing it against those sides when perhaps there's not so much expected of Palace. It's now when the onus is on them, you know, in these, these upcoming games, particularly the home ones. You know, you look at Everton, Stoke, Bournemouth, and you think, right, Watford, they're all before Christmas. And you think, well, we've, you know, if Pass going to get out of it, they're the teams they've got to beat because they're the ones they're trying to catch. And people like Wilfred Zahar, there's a lot of pressure on him, isn't there, to, to keep producing those magic moments. What do you yeah. think about that? Phil? Well, I mean, me and Rob were actually talking about it this morning and I was just saying that um, Crystal Palace, they always seem like the kind of team that they've got, they're going to have enough quality to get out of it. That's kind of my view on it. I mean, you look at Wilf Zahar, you think of... Christian Benteke, you think of Andros Townsend, they're all players who are on the day can make the difference. And um, yeah, th- those days haven't been happening so far this season. But you-, you look at the team and you think there's definitely some wins in there. So although the, the table doesn't look fantastic at this point, you, you wouldn't put-, put it past them getting e- even four wins from these next eight games at all. And then, like I said before, the, the picture does look a lot different. It just takes a couple of those players to, to rise to the occasion and-, uh, and ultimately do what they're capable of. Yeah, I, I think... You know, We've seen with Ulrich Zahar the impact he's had since he's come back from injury. I mean, he is, there's no doubt about it, he is Palace's talisman. You know, when when he's on song, Palace generally have a better performance. And he's got that ability to produce something from nothing, you know, a bit of moment of magic that all of a sudden gets them out of a hole they're in, or, you know, like, like they did against West Ham. That goal in the 97 minute, you know, the game was looking like it was just it got away from them. And all of a sudden he pops up finds that little yard of space and gets the ball into the bottom corner and past Joe Hart and everyone Sellers Park erupted, you know. He he is capable of that and Palace need that from him. But I mean I wrote a, a piece online last <coughs> week to say that they also need others to do that mm. as well because, you know, yes, Christian Benteke is out injured at the moment. He's nearing fitness as far as I am aware. He's you know, they're hoping he'll be back in training over the international break. We don't know yet whether Everton will come too soon for him, but he should be back within this next run of games, and you do look at it and you think, right? Well, Christian Benteke is a goal scorer, isn't he? He's, you know, he's, he's proved it at Aston Villa. Yes, he didn't have a great spurt at Liverpool, but he still scored a few goals there. He scored seventeen goals in his first season at Palace last year. If they can get get the chance for him, he's going to put the ball away. You know, he's he's whether it's in the air, he can score with his feet. He will score goals. The, the, the difficult thing at the moment, and, and I saw that on BT Sport, the, the games on BT Sport the weekend, and uh, Owen Hargreaves and Jermaine Genius were, were discussing this and saying, how do you fit him back into the team at the moment? Because Palace have found a way of playing without him while they've had to, and Zaha and Townsend, because they're not natural strikers, mm. are probably causing, you know, you could argue more problems for defenders because they don't know how to defend against it. You know, they're not... They're not playing against a, number, a, a, a traditional target man up top, which you would you would say Benteke is. You know they run the channels. They they can produce that moment. They can go past people. Benteke is not that style of player. He's not as mobile. You know he's still a good player, and but you've got to play to his strengths. Weren't the stats 
um, a little bit damning before he got injured with um, getting yeah, in the box. His touches in the bo- opposition box. I mean, yes. <clears throat> that could be the way Palace are playing, maybe. And could be, yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I don't want to sound particularly like, well, I'm not saying like Roy Hodgson at all, but um, Roy Hodgson said at the weekend that, um, you know, did he have faith in statistics? Does this it's going to be, you know, take, skewed or taken the wrong way? I agree with that to a point. They can be. I think the stat that he hasn't scored yet this season doesn't lie you know he still played eight or nine games before he got injured and he didn't score a goal so yes there is that and you could argue maybe he's not been quite making that right run or getting into the right position you know a lot of how many times do you hear someone say oh he was in the right place at the right time to score a goal mm-hmm. well yes you could perhaps argue Benteke hasn't been in that right place enough this year but I think he is still Palace's biggest goal threat mm. when he's in the team you know, because he, if, if Palace can play to his strengths and they can put balls into the box for him, aerially, there aren't many better players in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's got such an aerial prowess that you think, well, if the ball's up there in the air, mm-hmm. eight, nine times out of ten, he'll win the header and he'll get the shot on target, header on target. So I think when he does come back, Palace have got to play to his strengths. And like Jermaine Genius said, they've got to find a way of playing with Townsend, Zaha and Benteke. Mm. They did it last year, so it's not beyond them to do it. It is just a case of, at the moment, you think, well, it didn't work at the start of the season, we've got to try and you know, tweak something to make sure it works when he is back. What about that interesting statistic in the week that we uncovered about uh, the fact Palace have got four players in mm. the Premier League team for those who do better against top six clubs. Their, their output is better. What does that say about those players it's just a shame there's only six of them <laughs> possibly um, I, I think yeah again statistics can be viewed the wrong way can't mm. they I guess that it's those, an honour in a way <clears throat> in another way you think well why aren't they doing that against the, the yeah, lesser clubs you could argue that I mean you look at the, fi- the results they've had in the last few months you know when they, when they actually did survive last season they beat Arsenal Chelsea and Liverpool on the way to survival mm. well normally you wouldn't have said Palace are going to go and win at Stamford Bridge and at Anfield and at home against Arsenal. Right. But they did. And Palace have got a knack that, you know, in, in the time they've been in the Premier League, they seem to have developed that knack of pulling off a surprise win, you know, when they're the underdogs. It almost suits them better being the underdogs. You know, you look at their home form in the last few seasons and it has been poor. It, there's no doubt about that. They've won six games in three of the four seasons that they've been in the Premier League at home. I mean, most teams, when they come up, will say, our home form is where we're going to get our points. You know, we need our home ground to be a fortress. Well, it hasn't been really for Palace in recent seasons, and they need it to be that, particularly when they're in a relegation battle. Really, because you can't expect them to pull off a shock win at Chelsea or Arsenal or every season. Yes, they. Yes, I know this year the only win they've had is against Chelsea. So you could argue there is that, but you can't rely on it because those teams are at the top for a reason. Because nine times out of ten they do beat everyone else mm. and yes you might catch them on a bad day and you get the result great but for Palace I think the the ultimate thing is the next as we said the next eight games against those teams who are you could I've said before you could throw a blanket over 14 teams in the Premier League mm. there's a top six and there's a second tier of 14 teams alright that you get one or two teams who have a good run and you know Burnley at the moment for example are knocking on the door of getting into that top six in the current table I'm not saying they'll finish there but you, you look at the from Burnley down and you say right well on their day Palace could beat any of those they could still be any of the top six on their day but 
of those 14 teams, they could finish in probably any position this season. I don't think you could, if you were to call it now, most people would probably say Palace because of the position they're in, but if you were to say, right, which three teams are going down, probably people would struggle because it's, mm. it's a case of, well, three from 14, it could be anyone really. But they do need a resurgence of form because going into Christmas, you know, what points tally are they going to need? At least 15 points maybe or... Yeah, I, I've, you know, said, I've said if they're not on double figures by Christmas, then... Then they're in trouble, aren't they? Big yeah, trouble. you really are talking about <laughs> it takes a long way from there to get out. Um, I think they realistically probably as Phil mentioned four wins out of the next eight mm. is probably what they need and as Phil said they're winnable games some of those so. I, think, I think what's um, yeah with, with the Christmas period I mean yeah it's um, it's the next batch of games and they're the games that they need to be getting results from but I think because the fixtures come so thick and fast by the time you've got to mid-January or like the end of January it's like, like we've played 20 like 20 22 games by that kind of point and you're like right the season's like a, a long way along now so mm. um that the Christmas period can be a little bit make or break for a lot of teams because if, if you're in a good run, you can like absolutely fly up the table during that period. But if you're not, it can completely go the other way. And so that's why it's important to kind of find that form and break that kind of jinx a little bit going into that period to make sure that they are picking up a few points over that time because otherwise it's, it could be a, a really sorry situation come, come mid-January. 38 games isn't a long season, is it? <laughs> no, I mean, it, particularly when the, the games do come as quickly as they do in this next period, you know, I mean, obviously they've got a break this weekend, but after that, having eight games before Christmas, I mean, you know, that's in the space of <clears throat> seven or eight weeks, isn't it? And it's, yeah, they, they, they do need to find form and they need to find a way of getting results because if they don't, then I'm sorry, they're in real trouble. So we're going into an international break now. I mean, that's not great for Palace to have to stew on that latest result and what about their players uh, playing internationally I guess the, the big thing is for Wilfred Zahar if he's playing against, uh, for, for the Ivory Coast mm. not to get injured <laughs> well for Palace perspective yeah um, I'm sure he'll tell you he wants to get to the World Cup yes. so he wants to do all he can to help them there um, they, I mean Ivory Coast have got a, a yeah, massive game it's a must win winner takes all basically against mm. Morocco um, he'll be you know He's been saying for years that he wants to be on the international stage. You know, he was disappointed he didn't get a look in England, and you know, then he's obviously made the decision to, to play for the Ivory Coast, and that's fine. You know, that's what he's chosen to do, and you know, he's had an impact with them, scored, scored, and created goals. And I think, yeah, he will want to be at the World Cup because that's the biggest stage, isn't it? Next next summer, he obviously. Yeah, Palace will want to wrap him in cotton wool, I'm sure, um, as they would with any. You know, but that's the risk that any club faces when a player goes away on international mm. duty, isn't it? They, they're always thinking, right, well, we don't want anyone to come back injured. There is that chance. I suppose particularly when some people, some players are involved in friendlies. You know, you kind of think, well, are they we, really injured? The players that are pulled out beforehand. Well, I don't know. <laughs> That's an issue yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, if a player is 50-50, perhaps like a Harry Kane, maybe. Well, sorry, you're not fit to play for England, but you. You know, I'm sure he'll be playing in the next Tottenham game. Maybe, but then, you know, I, I suppose clubs will look at it and say, well, if they're going to play for, a, in a qualifier for their country, you know, you understand it, mm. fine, they're going to play for it in a, in a big game. When they're playing a friendly, you know, do they want to just say, right, well, can you only play in 45 minutes or, mm -hmm. you know, give them 20 minutes if you're trying out other people? If they're, if they're key to the team, then yes, they're probably going to play, aren't they? I mean, Zaha is the, the, the main man, you, you could say, 
and you know there'll be the biggest worry about him. There's only one game we've got to hope he gets through that game, gets Ivory Coast the World Cup, and he stays fit. I think that's it. I mean, there's there's the positive side to that as well. I mean, with with Crystal Palace going into it, uh, going into the international break with um, on on such a, a poor run of form, it, it can go the other way as well though, because if if Wilfred Zaha goes away, has has a blinder for the Ivory Coast, qualifies for the World Cup, it'll come back brimming with confidence, and maybe it's that kind of. Mm perspective that kind of confidence that you could come back with and, and inspire the team to a, a result in the in the next couple of games so obviously there is the risk with with injuries and that kind of thing but um, sometimes players going away having an experience with the international team whether it's a positive one it kind of it breaks them away from the uh, I suppose from the grind at the other uh, training round go mm-hmm. away have a good time come back bring some confidence with them and then uh, and then the team uh, Got a new a new lease of life going into the uh, the next batch of games, so uh, that's that's a glass half uh, the glass half full side of it anyway. But. <laughs> it's like Benteke coming back; that might give the rest of the players a huge lift. Yeah, you know, defensively, if you're a defender and you're thinking your team doesn't score a lot of goals, there's so much pressure to keep a clean sheet or to try not to concede. But if you know you've got a Zahar or a Benteke scoring goals every week, that, that pressure is alleviated a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but then you can't rely on one man or two men to do no. it all, you know, it's got to be a collective thing, and I think that's what Roy Hodgson's been keen to stress, you know, yes, he's, he's praised Wilfred Zaha for the impact he has had since he's come back from injury, and there's no doubt he has had an impact, but you can't rely on one man to do it no. all, you know, if, if one man's going to save you, then you're probably in more trouble than you think, aren't you? There's a, they've got, as Phil said before, Palace on paper have got enough players, good players in that squad, that they shouldn't be in the position they are. They need players to step up on an individual level and collectively, and you know they're just going to be better at both ends because at the moment they've only scored four goals and they've conceded a lot more than that. So you know there are there are positives from performances. It's just it's points that matter for them now. We'll preview Everton next week, no doubt. Um, quick question though to finish off. Do you want Everton to have a manager in place by the time Palace play them, or would you prefer not? I think it depends who the manager is. <laughs> <laughs> but it always gives a club a lift, doesn't it, with a new boss coming in? It does. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's been strong links with Sam Allardyce. I mean, if, if that happens, that'll be uh, quite the story around that game with mm. him coming back to Palace as his first match in, Everton, you know, in charge of Everton, if, if he does take the job. I, I think for Palace, the... Playing Everton, it could be one of those where you say, "Ah, oh, this is the wrong time to play him." Because if they have got a new manager, mm. then yes, they're going to be, you know, the players who, who will want to put on a performance for them for the new man, and they're also going to be buoyed from their comeback against Watford at the weekend. I know they've got for, for Everton. I'm sure they will probably tell you we wanted to play again this week after mm. that because they're on a high after a victory mm. like it, coming you know from two 0 down to win three two against Watford. They don't really want to have a break now, mm. but they it will allow them to sort out their managerial situation if David Unsworth mm. continues in the job or whether they bring someone else in. I'm sure they'll get it sorted over this two mm. weeks. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult game for Palace because Everton are another of those sides where you'd say, well, actually, they should be doing better than they are because yeah. on paper they've got a better squad than, the, than their position suggests. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think... If, if a new man is in place, it'll be interesting to see what happens, particularly if it's Sam Allardyce. Yeah. Well, we'll preview that next week, no doubt. And uh, thanks for joining us, Phil and Rob, for this podcast. Let's hope the Palace players come back injury-free from the international break and we can uh, talk about the Everton game next week. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>